This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zella. Okay, and welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. James Nichols and John Zella here as always. And for the first time in a little while, the official third member has returned to the show. Joe Pantorno joins us today. How you doing, pal? Man, it feels like it's really been a long time. I'm going to blame baseball for it. I was just going to say, blame the Mets. Always blame the Mets. Always blame the Mets. (laughs) That feels right. The easiest thing to do, um, especially now when you know their season is basically over and everybody is now mad at them, even yeah. more so than normal because everybody's mad at the Mets for some <laughs> one reason or another. It's just the nature of the business, I suppose. But right. it's really nice to be back. I missed you guys. Thanks no, for I having me on again. So I think before we start, because James gave me some homework a few weeks ago and we talked yeah. about it on the last episode. We did. Um, have you seen? The Danbury Trashers documentary. Oh, it's fantastic. We already spoiled it for <laughs> so fantastic. We'll, we'll announce again. Uh, probably quick spoilers. If what, you missed episode seventy-seven, spoiler alert again. Oh, spoiler alert. Speed. Spoiler alert again. There you go. Yeah. So if you a few top moments for you from that show, uh, the equipment manager. I think <laughs> that's that dude. dude is that your uncle? Dude. That's definitely that's he, a he might be a cousin of mine. I have roughly <laughs> like seven hundred and thirty-three cousins um, who I'm still meeting to this day. Almost that was a big boat from Italy. Back. Jesus, it was huge. It was a warship actually. It was called the War Shark. Um, brought the Pantona War Shark. Jeez. It, it, it brought over my my family in 1944. I did a project wow. on this in middle school. I still got it here, people. Um, yeah, uh, no, the, the equipment manager was probably my favorite. Um, the Rupper cameo, I think, was fantastic. Cameo? Uh, I, I, not, I mean, not a, <laughs> a cameo. cameo. He just showed Jeez. up like, halfway through. It was like, hey, by the way, I was on this team. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Did like, you know that before the documentary? I never even heard of this team. I, I never heard of this team. Okay. Yeah, never in my like, life. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, you know, I, I knew Mike Rupp had like a weird – path to the nhl and i and i thought that maybe at some point he was on the danbury trashers pre-nhl career but then when i was watching i was like wait a minute he was on the danbury trashers mid-nhl career after scoring the stanley cup winning goal winning a stanley cup and being a new jersey devil oh my god what a incredible it's like you were i was watching it just jaw dropped the whole time and i just couldn't believe one insane thing after the next. Incredible. Also, again, disclaimer out there for everybody who's like new to this. There's no such thing as the mafia. <laughs> let's talk some hockey. All right, let's talk some hockey. I, I, just a very just a quick note. I want them to do now like a bigger documentary on the lockout year because i'm sure there are more crazy stories i don't know probably. this probably tops them but like players going to europe and russia and yeah. all sorts of leagues like 
you know, what was it? Jason Spezza's season. Uh, he scored like a bazillion goals in the AHL. Yeah. Like that must have, like, that would have been, that, that would be a cool documentary to me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. But on that note, let's talk about some hockey. And uh, we blamed the Mets before for keeping you hostage. So now we have to know now that you are back, how does it feel to be back in the rink? I, I miss it. And even though this is probably one of the shortest off seasons that Islanders have, I, the Islanders and their fans have had to go through uh, over the last like three decades, it felt like a really long time, um, especially yeah. because we were always uh, just kind of sitting and waiting. We were always watching for the proverbial pot to boil. Um, right. Because we didn't really know what was going on. And again, testament to Lou Lamarillo for Did we though? The secrecy. I mean, yeah, we knew. I mean, we knew that Zach Parisi was coming. Um the Chara like we didn't know we didn't know Chara. We didn't we didn't know Chara. I mean it was it was speculated it. again all the time. The longer time went where you didn't hear anything from a few players' camps. Yeah, I mean you can put two and two together. Uh again, I mean, and people are still asking me about Tarasenko. I I, I I think that ship has sailed. I mean, I think we can just get that out of the way now. Um, there's just no room. No, there's nowhere to – exactly. Um, I so, mean, and if there's ever a time uh, if the Islanders did have room and they were going to do something, the Blues are getting to be in that tough spot but financially. So yeah, it could be, depending on where they are at the trade deadline, they could try to do something Islanders are related or otherwise. But – they might wait. I mean, he's too good. Right? If the Islanders want him, you know, surely the Blues do. It was kind of his call. Yeah. But. I mean, you know, and again, uh, I forget who tweeted it the other day, but somebody uh, was talking about Vladimir Tarasenko and how good he looked on the ice. And, Strickland. you know, you could take that. Say again? Andy Strickland. And, oh, that's right. It was Strickland. And, uh, you know, you could take it however you want. Maybe they were trying to just pump up. His trade value, maybe he legitimately does look great on the ice, but um, I think either way right now, this is probably not the time. You, you probably can tell who the forward group is going to be going into uh, North Carolina for opening night. So um, before we get into um, the line combinations and who we did see, I had a quick question, Joe. You, we know that we didn't see Matt Martin, Semyon Barlamov, and Samuel Bolduck yet, um, each with their own little nagging injury. Um, supposedly nothing too um crazy going on there they should be skating soon do you know anything on that situation yeah no um exactly what you're hearing um we'll see them soon enough um i did see matt martin today in between the first and second group sessions um the way the rink is set up you know we're kind of you know there's about 20 rows of seats a little landing with you know these platforms where you know the riders can put their stuff their laptops whatever you want to call it um, and, and the walkway right on the boards, um, in between the sessions, the second group comes walking out. Um, and we saw Matt Martin walking with Zidane Chara. I think Andrew Gross was about, about, that. Yeah. about the height discrepancy. I, I can confirm, um, he, he, he made Matt Martin look quite small. Um, again, breaking but, news, yeah. Chara still tall. I know. And listen, like, again, <laughs> it, it's great. Like the novelty of it, like, yeah, Zidane Chara is big. Like we're done now. Like it was great. He's on the ice. Oh my God, he's huge. It's over. Like we get it. We've been saying yeah. for, for 25 years now. Um, that's enough. Um, but at the same time, yeah, uh, Matt Martin was walking around. He's, he's with the group. Um, he went down into the locker room. So he's obviously doing some sort of team activity. Right. Um, so again, it, it should be a matter of time. 
And uh, what was this? Uh, two days ago? Three days ago? Uh, during Lou Lamarillo's availability, um, he told us that everybody was basically going to be good to go for opening night. So really, there should be zero concern with Varlamov, with Matt Martin, Boldick, who knows? But again, you're probably not going to be seeing him uh, at the NHL level, at least this year. So it is what it is. All right. Uh, good to know. Good to know. Um, all right. So now it is time to talk about who we did see on the ice. And uh, we know it's too early to discuss what line combinations Trotz might be using. But one combination that you keep referring to and has been mentioned as a probability to start the year is Chara Dobson. And you keep commenting on what we see. Uh, between Chara and Dobson. So what has stood out to you so far with them two uh, going into training camp now day two? Yeah, almost immediately when they hit the ice, Noah Dobson was, I, I won't say attached to Zidane Chara's hip, but they were together. Uh, most drills they were doing, they were a pairing. Um, even during downtime when other factions of the group were taking part in drills and they were off to the side sitting on the bench, they were always together. Um, and they were always talking. Um, you know, it was, it was Dobson asking questions. It was Chara, you know, showing him a few things, where to stand here, what to do here. Um, that's invaluable. Um, and, and again, I've seen it all over social media, all over Twitter. People have been saying, um, we've seen this with Chara before. We saw him do this with Boston. We saw him do this with Charlie McAvoy. Um, you know, this, this is the kind of hockey mind that you want. And the Islanders do have a crop of young defensemen that are brewing in the system, whether it's a Bolduc, whether it's a Sallow. Um, I can't really say Aho is young anymore. He's 25. Um, but there are younger defensemen, Mitch Vandesample. There are younger guys that are down in the system who all of a sudden, not only do you have an Andy Green who has done this for 15 years, now you've done this, now you have a Zidane Chara who's done this for 25 years. Um, these are the right kind of hockey minds to have when you are continuing to maintain your calling card on defense. So um, this, this is going to be an invaluable signing, and this is going to be something that kind of should put the wheels in motion for years to come where – you know, you come back, this is the point of origin where, okay, you know, the Islanders were a successful defensive team, but they were able to sustain that success by bringing in a guy like Zidane Chara, who helped impart his wisdom on everybody else. And that mentor to mentee role between he and Dobson, that's going to be, you know, that real starting point. So um, really a, a great pickup by the Islanders and we'll see how long they'll be together in camp. Will it carry over to the regular season? Who knows? You know, we like to think that maybe Dobson will stay with Green. Scott Mayfield will go with Chara. Uh, TBA. Uh, but like you said before, like I've said before, the first two days of training camp, do not put all of your chickens into the basket of, or all of your eggs into the basket of line combinations, defensive pairings over the first two days. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I love what you said about, Chara and his history with younger guys uh, like Charlie McAvoy, um, you know, because I made I drew the same comparison, and so you know I totally agree. Uh, it just can do wonders for Noah Dobson's game moving forward, and if he's half as good as Charlie McAvoy, which he very well could be, uh, you know, and there's no reason why he can't be just as good. Um, drafted around the same uh, pick in, in in their respective drafts, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be a good uh, 
signing for both of uh, for I'm sorry, signing for the team and Noah Dobson's development overall. Um, it's interesting because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that they'd break up the Dobson Green pairing just because they played well. But if this makes more sense. Yeah. And it may, I think what I wrote in a recent article for the hockey writers was that maybe it helps Dobson. Like I'm sorry, Mayfield. Mayfield. Oh. Like okay. Green being with Mayfield, maybe that helps Mayfield's numbers kind of creates a little bit more stability um, next to him where Letty was a little bit more offensive minded Mayfield being able to kind of be paired with somebody. that's a little more stay at home if only by the nature of his age. Um, and then Dobson kind of maybe feeling a little more free to, to move around and have that offensive ability because he's next to Chara. That that's, that's pretty good reasoning. So James, after you said that the other day and I wrote that as I was thinking about it, that's kind of what I was trying to put together as well yeah absolutely uh you snapped a photo of mr oliver wallstrom and then uh followed that up with big big expectations for him this season what are you seeing from uh mr o so far i mean what what do you expect to see from him uh he's a he has the opportunity with a strong training camp and (laughs) depending on the external factors um going into the regular season say if the islanders offense isn't performing at the rate that management or the coaching staff would like to see um, where you could potentially, and again, this is me more spitballing than anything. um, You could see a switch or a platoon between the first and third line on the right wing between Palmieri and Wallstrom, where you could see Wallstrom moonlighting on the first line and Palmieri going down to the third line. Um, And I think that's the luxury that the Islanders have with their current roster where you have, guys that have the skill set and that two-way style of play uh, to play in multiple positions. And, you know, I think the main example is J.G. Pajot, how he's the kind of the Swiss Army knife of the Islanders where he could play anywhere. He could play on the PK, he could play on the wing, he could play center, he could play on the power play. Um, and we saw 15 different linemates that he had last year. Um, so... I, you really don't get to see a lot. Um, I, I, I think there's this common misconception within training camp where, you know, players can, can go out there and they're kind of scrimmaging and, um, you know, they're, they're showing all their offensive skills. With Islanders training camp, it's a little bit different, and this is a testament to just how organized and how resolute a franchise this is. Um, and, again, this isn't me taking shots in anybody, but um, you go across town and you look at the Rangers – their first day of training camp under their brand new coach and Gerard Gallant, the first thing they did, they scrimmaged. Um, you, you don't see that with the Islanders. Right. Um, they are going through all the intangibles. They're going through the little things. They're working on their back checking. They're doing four checking drills. They're working on rebound control with their goaltenders. It's not just, okay, let's go out there and let me see, uh, you know, Wallstrom rip. Uh, it really, it's not that point of training camp yet. Um, so I can't, you know, confidently come out here and say, oh, I saw Oliver, Oliver Wallstrom and he has this stuff where, you know, if things fall a certain way, he can put up 30 goals. Right. Um, cause I, I can't say that in confidence yet because they haven't really done that yet. Um, right. but what you do want to see, and it's what's going to allow Oliver Wallstrom to stay on this team longer and to stay in the good graces of Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello is that he's keeping up with the intensity of all of these drills, of all of this 
off-puck work, which is just as important as the on-puck work when you're looking at the New York Islanders. So, um, yeah, um, so far he's just he's keeping with the pack, um, and I think that's all you really want to see right now until it is time to focus on special teams, focus on the uh, offensive attack. So, um, yeah, I, I guess if you want me to say anything, it's it's so far so good. Who's he skating with? I honestly, I wish I knew. Um, and, and the problem is, and the, it, the it's, numbers. Anti, it's anticlimactic, um, the, where we're sitting, uh, you know, we're a hundred feet away from the ice and nobody has numbers. There are no names. And what we have to go off to identify players is the numbers on their helmet. And they're this big. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to see who he is skating with. Um, some guys you can tell like by the way they sure. skate. Like there are some there are some players that it's more obvious than others. Absolutely. Um, but because most of these lines are kind of split up between these two groups, um, again, it you really can't take much stock into it. Um but again, I, I'm trying to rack my brain from what I saw. Off the top of my head, I I really can't even tell you who you're skating with. I know Arthur Staple. He kind of got a good look at so the yesterday, line yesterday. Uh, or, or, or Thursday morning, he was skating yeah. with Koivula and Bobillier. Right. Um, and again, what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, you know you know, Bobillier is going to be on the second line. Koivula is going to be a extra forward or in Bridgeport. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think we'll get a better idea the later we get into training camp. You'll see a couple of things in the preseason. Again, if we know anything about the Islanders, it's that they're not going to tip their hand uh, too much. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of happens with with uh, with Wallstrom moving forward. But again, it's either at least in my opinion, um, you know, I'd say there's a ninety percent chance he's on the third line, and a very very small ten percent chance, unless you know he lights it up and finds this amazing chemistry with Matthew Barzal, uh, that he's on the first line. I don't think there's any other real option for him. I mean, I, I agree with that, and, and Jay kind of convinced me the other day that maybe Wallstrom does wind up on the first line. Part of it was Palmieri and Lee being closer in their style and where they like to hang out, mm -hmm. and I can get on board with that. I think Palmieri has a little bit wider of a radius around the net where he likes to be, whereas Lee's a little tighter, So, but I can still get on board with that. I think what, you know, again, and what I wrote the other day was that Barzell kind of needs a trigger man. And that was, I think, the point that Jay made was being able to kind of dish that. You have a guy in front, the three of them together. If you remember on those old NHL games, it would tell you when you had the right players together, it would give them a boost or something. Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the name of a hockey stick, uh, if anyone's yes. old enough Yellow. to remember. Dude, the silver. I have a silver one. I have an Eiserman silver. So they made one, that like a the little later, right? OG yeah. one. Uh, the yellow one was newer. I had a yellow one. I, there oh, was okay. a blue SL. Uh, they had a gray, whatever. Um, the stealth was pretty dope, though. That black stick was <laughs> sick. Anyway, um, I think that those three, if Wallstrom can get on the defensive side, you know what you're getting in Palmieri, right? Yep. That's a safe assumption because of his defensive prowess. You know what you're getting. He's a veteran, all that kind of stuff. It's Fairly dependable. With Wallstrom, he's got to prove himself. Um, but he is that trigger man for yeah. Barzell. If he can just find the hardest part being the trigger man for Barzell will be finding the space. 
because Barzell is all over the place. So you have to be able to know where you he is on the ice, where the puck might be going. Palmieri, we saw in very limited time last year, he scored that goal uh, after Barzell was ragging the puck in Boston zone, got the got behind the net, and Palmieri found his way to the kind of the high slot off to the right, and was able to score a goal. I think that's where Wallstrom is. That's where he has to figure out what what to do. Can can he kind of develop into that? Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it right off the hop to say it's your spot to lose, you know, give him that confidence boost. Um, obviously maybe not during training camp, but I imagine we'll see both of them in the preseason playing together later on. Imaginably. Uh, Joe, talk to us about Zach Parise. He made some comments about how it's been great that he's on, you know, Long Island now and the guys have been so welcoming. Um, you know, so it seems like he's fitting in well that in that sense, but, uh, you know, he goes on to say you can tell these guys are uh, have played together for a while. They know what they're doing. You try as seamlessly as you can to get on board and figure things out as quick as possible. He's been skating with Peugeot. So, you know, again, it's early, but it's a good assumption he's going to be there. We assumed it anyway. Uh, how's he looking so far? He looks good. Uh, he looks like Zach Parisi. He looks like uh, exactly what he has been as advertised. Um, and he said it himself. My game is a hard-nosed game. I get to the front of the net. Uh, you know, I, I, I work hard. Um, and you already you already saw that. Um, one of the first drills he was doing, um, he was just getting right to the front of the net. Uh, and, and he was just kind of stating his claim there already. So um, I think that's what Islanders fans want to see. I think that's what they want to see for their special teams as well. Um, it takes, I think, a little bit of pressure off of Anders Lee where he doesn't necessarily have to be that guy all the time on the power play where he has to be in front of the net and take that beating like he does while putting up first line minutes anyway. Um, yeah. Um, I, I actually asked him what the difference was between training camps, you know, nine years in Minnesota now coming to the Island. Um, fun stat in his seven years with the wild, uh, he played in 44 playoff games, while the Islanders in the last three years have played 49 playoff games. Wow. Um, so he said um, really the intensity is what has stood out to him. Um, obviously, besides the point of how, again, he, he's the new kid on the block where it is a overwhelming core of players that have been together for the past three years. Um, the majority of this team has stuck together. Um, so, yeah, it, it, again – his style of play doesn't really lend to the thought of, okay, this is going to take a long time for him to acclimate to the Islanders. Um, it, it's a pretty meat and potatoes game from Zach Parisi. Uh, oh, he, he's he's a north south guy. Exactly. He's, go, he's going hard. Then he's either taking the puck there or he's going on his own. Um, he's going to wait for a shot. He's going to be the Anders Lee of that of right. that line. One hundred percent for sure. And it and they were asked about each other, um, and and it, it's pretty funny how the way it worked, and and it leads to the idea of okay, you know, they're they're getting to know each other pretty pretty well over these first couple of days. Um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but both of their sentiments were um, between Pajot and Parisi is we're going to take these first couple of days of training camp to get to know each other, and then they both said it um, a day apart. They said. The other guy is going to make my life a lot easier. Um, again, because they play that similar style of, uh, of hockey, 
And I think that's what makes the prospect of having Kyle Palmieri on the third line that much more interesting because he can play that kind of game too, more so than Wallstrom. Um, so it would be an interesting experiment, but in terms of ensuring the proper spreading out of talent um, and grit, I guess you could say, around the lineup, that's that's another story. So, um, yeah, I think that Zach Parise's acclimation is going well, at least from what I can see a few hundred feet away um, and from what he's telling us. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really – Again, it's it's only a matter of time before he really starts clicking on all cylinders, and and I think Islanders fans are really going to start to uh, appreciate him when they see him in action because uh, they'll they'll realize what they have in him. Because it, it's been a while since they've seen him. That fun. third line would be it's like a, having a different uh, style fourth line as far as like a shutdown late in the period kind of thing, where it's that veteran more like cerebral. Uh, shutdown line as opposed to a physical uh, structural fourth line. So I think that works together. We also need to come up with, I think we tried to do this, uh, a nickname for the third line, the, P- the P3, or I forget what, uh, C3PO, I think that was the yeah, name. Yeah, the, the, the 3PO line. The 3PO line. Like C3PO. It should be three, 3 PA, but because they all have PA at the start of their name. Yeah, we could do C3PA as a nod to 3PO from Star or Wars. Or some, something like that. Or just go C3PO. That's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about uh, before we, we move on a little bit, uh, Andrews Lee is back, uh, and he's healthy. And, you know, there was comments today about how, um, you know, he's not going to play every single preseason game, but he's that wasn't going to be any more or less than what they were going to plan on giving him with the injury or not. Um, talk to us about how Andrews Lee looks. Um, I think everybody's really anticipating having him back. Um, so what's he look like out there? Yeah, he. Um, you can just tell in his demeanor. Uh, he's, he's just thrilled to get back because obviously – Sitting out last year and, and watching that run to the semifinals, um, that that killed him, obviously. Um, and and before he was made available on Zoom, um, you know they come and sit down, and he was just, he was he was beaming. He's sitting next to Matthew Barzal. He's sitting next to his first line mate, and he, he he's he's beaming. Um, you know he he's he's leading the stretches. He's you know he's chirping out on the ice. It's there's there's a certain joy that he has just by being there. Um, and again, it's almost like the grin you saw when he first pulled on the sweater with the C on it. Bingo. Um, so it's you know you you can tell he's just in in a better place mentally, obviously compared to the last few months where he's just been sure. working his butt off. Um, but that's what training camp is, um, and he said it himself. It's just finishing off those last little tidbits of rehab, which is why you might not see him in a couple of preseason games. Um, and then it's it's night one. It's game one. He's in it. And it's all systems go. So, um, again, there should be no other expectation. Anders Lee is there, and, and you'll have him for the season. Uh, so um, full speed ahead, and it's, it's eyes on the Stanley Cup for him. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Get a word from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Support for this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. 
Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Additional support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with the fourth generation brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like they're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code NHP20. That's code NHP20. We've all had scary nicks, and Manscaped can help you with your confidence. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the United States, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock and is even waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes a weed whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop the worst weeds up to your nose and in your ear. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. Your boys need some help. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Okay, and we're back. And, uh, you know, I... I was thinking before about a little bit more about Anders Lee and, and Matthew Barzell. And uh, what I did remember was that flanking the two of them on that line was actually Anatoly Goloshev. Uh, what have you seen from Goloshev out there? Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for him because he's one of those guys where, I don't know, I feel like if he's not in the NHL playing NHL minutes, what's stopping him from going back to the KHL where he's you know made a name for himself? And that, and that's probably going to be the best option for him. Uh you know, he, th- this is the kind of player where, yeah, you know, he's shown he has the hands, um, he has plus speed, um, 
Do I think he's ready to, you know, to step into the Islander system and contribute? No. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, that's just a personal opinion of mine. Um, I think it's more of a long shot that he would make the roster. I don't think you'll see him in Bridgeport. I think there are a few other guys that they'll stick around. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's more just getting Golachev that kind of taste of playing with, you know, the best that the Islanders have to offer with two thirds of their first line. Um, and it's something to build off of in the future. So in, in your opinion, um, could you see this maybe going the, in the direction where he returns to the KHL? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that's probably more of a likely option. Um, I don't know if the, who knows, you know, uh, if, if the Islanders are just going to say, we want you to stay in North America and acclimate to the life here. And, you know, you're playing against professionals, quote unquote, um, then yeah, you know, stick it out here and see what happens. The problem is where does the timeline present itself that he has a clear path to the NHL? Um, that's the question. That's something that the Islanders are going to have to assess. That, that to me, and, and thinking about that, that's where, like, Parise's spot may have some turnover. Out, maybe a fourth line spot, but the way that it's been constructed, I think they're going to try to find players over however many years. Uh, if anyone, if any one of those seems to filter out, um, the, I don't see that many options for that either. So Parise's spot long term, meaning the next after this season or the season after, sure. is the only one up for grabs. I don't see any anyone else kind of moving around uh, unless the, barring some trade that we don't know, which is entirely possible. We don't know a lot of things about the, sure. the future of the team. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what the uh, frankly any of the prospects. I don't. I have no. I have no idea. Even on defense, like I guess you have two spots there, but that's not a lot. They luckily they have a few to work with to, to kind of make that an option. But certainly within the forward group, you're you could be a thirteenth forward, or you could be on the third line. That's probably those are probably your options. It's funny. I don't even think about Goldshev as a prospect until you said it, right? Because his his path to the NHL was a little different. He's he's a veteran in the KHL, which is the highest league, you know, overseas. So um, he comes over to the NHL with a bit more experience than the rest of the prospects. Um, but one prospect everybody's probably really excited to get to know is Aturatu. And you saw him out there uh, the past few days. Talk to us about Aturatu. I really like his hands. Um, I, I really like his hands. Like he could be a hand model on a commercial. Or... Uh, no, 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 no. He's he's got he's got a sculpt set of hands. Um, the, the John just I, John just looked at me like, oh my god. The, the video that I posted, um, you know, he, he was trying to like you know pull off a Michigan goal. Um, you know, you just juggling the puck, just stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, I, again, he you don't really see. I mean, it's just a hodgepodge of bodies, really, for for most of the most of these drills, at least in the early parts of training camp. But uh, it's you know the little glimpses that you see, like that video I posted. It's like, oh, like uh, all right, he's he. It looks like he has a plus set of hands. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see what he can do in a game setting. Sure. Um, so sure, you know, I 
I have a nice set of hands, and I can juggle the puck in my backyard when there's nobody <laughs> within 500 feet of me. That's one thing. Um, but that being said, I think there is a lot of excitement around him, um, and I think he himself uh, is excited to be with the Islanders, and he's thankful that this is a team that chose him with their first pick of the draft and didn't necessarily pass on him, yeah. uh, quote-unquote. Um, so... Was it you? Sorry to interrupt, but was it you with the the question uh, about how he felt about being picked by the Islanders? And he said that he was happy that they used him with their first pick rather than being a second choice to another team. Because right. I thought that I thought that that was a that was really well said. They asked about you know how how he felt about dropping to the second round, and he said, "I'm only happy about the fact that the Islanders used me with their first pick rather than being a second round cho- choice to another team." Bingo. Um, I, I really think that this, you know, this is a first round prospect that kind of fell into the Islanders laps. Um, again, the problem is this is a center yeah, who is going to have to tweak his game and learn to play on the wing because look at the Islanders depth down the middle. Well, that's not, that's not rare for no, centers no. before they play center in the NHL is to play wing in the NHL Absolutely. to, to develop, Sometimes it's literal space. Other times it's um, just to develop and get, you know, less responsibility, see the ice, all that kind of stuff. It's funny you say that, too, because I was listening to Elliot Freeman about uh, Je- uh, Jesper Kakaniemi, and he was talking to Jeff Merrick about that's the mistake that the Canadians made with Kakaniemi. Third overall pick. He was a highly he's a highly talented prospect. He's still young. He's only been in this. That, that, this was his third year. Um, and that was the mistake they made with Kakaniemi was not starting him on the wing, but they gave him full responsibilities at center. Uh, and that's what ultimately led to his demise. And that was with Carolina and they're going to start him on the wing. So well said that, you know, he's going to have to adjust and, and go to the wing, uh, because I think that's just going to be, uh, good for his yeah. development and he'll learn the game a little better. And then maybe he'll make the switch later on. Is that a possibility? Sure. It, it could absolutely be a possibility, but. That's automatic competition with Golashev. So yeah. you know, it's it, it, again that path becomes that much more difficult. Um, but again, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Ratu in preseason action if he gets time, obviously, in 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 game setting, um, just to see what he has. Uh, you know, we, we can watch the tapes from Europe as as much as we want, and it, it's a whole different animal here. So uh, I think fans are going to learn a lot about him. As far as the drills go, did he look like he was keeping up with the pace, the intensity? I, yeah, I would, I would think so. There was really nobody that was sticking out that was, you know, lagging per se. Um, and that, that again, that's just a testament to, you know, quote unquote, the Islander way here. Um, yeah, it's just at a hundred miles per hour the second they get on the ice. Um, it, it's, fun. it's interesting too. You know, thinking about the last few drafts of which the Islanders have not had all that many picks, but in lieu kind of creating that NHL team, I don't really know how the HL squad is, is shaping up, but there are a lot of prospects that you see that over time in these camps and just kind of the way that they're playing out of the leagues and all that other stuff that you can kind of see the path forward. Like they're very particular about who they bring into the team. It seems whether that's through the draft or uh, through trades or signings. So I, I'm i interest, interested to see how all that shakes out, especially the Lou picks, not the budding picks 
from the previous administration, but yeah. to see how some of these Lamorello picks, presumably with you know the help of Trotz in developing that or whatever the case is, I think I, I'm I'm very interested to see how that works out, and hopefully Lou gets to kind of see the the fruit there. He doesn't he's not gone before whether retirement you know whatever however he leaves the Islanders. Uh, hopefully he gets to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last, I think, individual, uh, maybe two more I want to point out specifically. Um, what, what are you seeing in Robin Sallow? He's another new guy, and uh, you know, fans are hungry to see him on the ice, possibly this year, <laughs> maybe out of camp. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, and you're, I'm going to guess that you agree, he's probably not going to make it out of camp. Um, but what are you seeing from him, and do you think that he'll be – uh, possibly on the roster at some point this season. I, I mean, I think he'll be in the conversation for, I, I guess you could say the seventh defenseman. Um, right. Again, you know, you really can't see much of how he is as, say, a stay-at-home defenseman. You know, you, you see them practicing, you know, one-on-one -on -one rushes. You see him practicing two-on-twos. Uh, you know, so you really can't get again that good of a look of how could he perform within a system how can he do you know staying in his spot and patrolling you know his little portion of the ice it's right you, you can't see that yet um what i will say though is i think that there is a hope that if all things do go well and if he does prove himself well enough this preseason is that he will be in the conversation for that number seven spot if not you know the number eight because they bring in Gustafson. Um, so I think that kind of knocks everybody down, you know, I won't say a full peg, but say half a peg. Um, and the preseason allows them to try and level the playing field at least. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Sebastian Ajo has been here for a long time. Um, and the few games that he played last year, he did pretty well. Um, so there's a line in front of him. And for sure, yeah. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know, um, and, and I know I've said this plenty of times on this podcast, the Islanders like to overcook their prospects, and that's the word that they use. That's not a word that I use. Barry Trotz uses that word all the time. Um, so you might think that Robin Sallow's ready, and that might say to the organization, okay, one more year. So you don't know, um, but it's it's crowded right now along the blue line, so – you know, well, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, it's it's you know, it might not be as set in stone as it was, say, last year in terms yeah. of where everybody's playing. But again, the the chances of him getting to the NHL, you know, I guess within the early parts of the season are, are I would say, slim to none. Can you expand on Gustafson? You brought him up. What are you saying? Um, no, I I think it's just what he has the potential of bringing. And when they brought him in, this is before they brought in Chara, right. it seemed pretty obvious. This is a player that was two or three years removed from a 60-point season with the Blackhawks. This is a defenseman that played a high-risk style of defense, a.k.a. offensive-minded. Right. Um, and that becomes a logical replacement for Nick Letty, where it's not as big of an adjustment on the second pairing for Scott Mayfield, for example. Right. Um, where it's just simply a slot in and play. Um, obviously, that changes with the arrival of Chara. And the Islanders 
clarified during negotiations with Gustafson that they told him that there is no spot that's guaranteed for him. Right. Um, and he came here anyway. So and anyone can sign him still like exactly. he's on a tryout with the Islanders. It doesn't oh, yeah. mean he has to exactly. sign just with the Islanders. So right. as the preseason rolls along, if he doesn't get picked up by the end, he could get picked up by somebody else. Right. This isn't just a tryout for the Islanders. This is a tryout for everybody. Um, sure. Which I don't think it's not something I don't think people really pay attention too much to that, right. like or right. hear that all that often. And it doesn't happen all that often, frankly. Absolutely. So I think. I look at Gustafson as more of a luxury right now, um, where, again, worst comes to worst, you know, the injury bug bites the Islanders all of a sudden. Hey, again, sure, it's a high danger style of defense, but he's in the right system. I just wonder how far apart a guy like him and Robin Sallow are for fight in, in fighting for that seventh defenseman spot, you know? Yeah, that's kind of one of those just wait and see. Uh, yeah. At, at least for me, because again, we we've seen him do this. We've seen what Gustafson can do. Yeah, and he's in the right place. What he can provide. So I don't see them bringing up Salo just to have. Like he needs to develop. He just has not been in North America. He hasn't played games. They need to be able to evaluate that. He needs time in the pro game. Absolutely, it's safer. I mean, look at this. Look at the coaching staff. They need. I apologize. My dog is whining. Um, <laughs> I didn't the. Oh, you can't even hear it? No. I didn't. Um, you know, I think they want to go with kind of tried and true, even if it is a little dangerous, Joe, as as kind of you're saying. So I guess I guess we'll see. I don't uh I don't want to anticipate it. Oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah, there she is. <laughs> she oh. sees a squirrel, I bet. <laughs> my my brother's dog is outside. Oh. And in the back, so there, that's like her best friend, and it's a whole thing. And now he's at the door. Uh, <laughs> I won't do play by play, but yeah, she gets all clearly worked up about it. Amazing, uh, Joe. Talk to us about how everyone else has looked. Is there anybody that you really like? Um, has there been anybody that really stands out? Um, I, I'm I'm not gonna say yes. Um, I think really. The only things that I, I really found myself saying um, during the two days of training camp so far was how Dobson just kept following Chara. Um, they seem pretty in sync early on. Um, Ratu's hands, again, very nice. Um, Brock Nelson's wrist shot, I will say it until the day I die. Um, he has one of the most wicked wristers in hockey. This year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I I can see that happening, sure. Um, especially with the depth that the Islanders have. If, again, if they keep coming at you in those waves of those four lines, and everybody's a threat, um, you can't cover everybody. Right. And uh, I I think that he 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 will he will flirt with thirty goals this year if he stays healthy. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Other than that, really, it's it's just it's finding the legs. It's getting back into the swing of things. It's okay. You're not playing in the beauty league anymore. You got to play defense. That's true. Um, you know, so this, that's all this is. It's just getting back into it. And again, as training camp kind of progresses, I think we'll start to see a little bit more in terms of line combinations, individual skill, things like yeah. that. So uh, a little early to tell right now, um, but yeah, you know, stick with it, uh, stick with us and uh, it'll, it'll get more fun. I promise. 
yeah, as uh, you know, we get deeper into training camp and as the next episode comes up, comes around, we're going to have to have you on again to, you know, continue talking about what's developing over, uh, over in camp. Sure. Uh, I think the last thing we would want to comment on is there is one player who is not at training camp. Uh, by now, I'm sure you know who it is, Bodie Wild. Uh, he's the only Islander player not vaccinated, and he has not been permitted to skate with the team. Uh, so we will see how that develops. We will see if he will play any hockey again. Uh, Trot says he hopes so, and uh, I think that's about it today, guys. Not too long of an episode. Short and sweet. I love that it. happens when you have two in a week, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, training camp, could, we could we could probably dissect it forever. It's just not worth yeah. it two days in. We'll have the weekend and a few more days uh, to discuss things and yeah, or to, to learn about things and go from there. Yeah, we hope that was uh, enough insight for you listeners uh, for now. We will be back with uh, episode 79 next week uh, as more days of training camp pass on by. We want to say thank you to DraftKings and Manscaped. Use that THPN promo code with DraftKings and that NHP20 promo code with Manscaped. Uh, I want to say thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and, of course, all of you, our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassman Hockey. You can also join our Discord for a safe space to chat with fellow Islander fans. And lastly, you can find my work at the fourth period, John's work at the Hockey Writers, and Joe Pantona's work at AM New York. Until next time, everybody. Let's go, Islanders.